0: Coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and Santa Fe, New Mexico, you're listening once again to another draw-dropping jaw-dropping draw, edition of Hounds 2 Heroes. <laughs> I'm in the rum. Leave me alone. As It's, always, it's also, also draw-dropping. That's fair. Right? You know, hey. Uh, as always, we are proud to be sponsored by the good folks at Jersey Brewing Company, the finest suds in all of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm Greg Dawkins. He's Ellis Metz. Well, let's get the preliminaries out of the way, Metzzi. Uh, Aside from being sickly tonight, what are you drinking? Because really sick is no excuse for alcoholism.
1: Well, I was going to say, Gregory, you know that I've had a fair mix of really every beverage I could name right now. But we are approaching December rapidly, which means I'm just on a steady albuterol diet here. Right. As as the spirited asthmatic I am. How about yourself? Uh, I've been in the rum for a good three hours
0: now. Um, Mount Gay and Soda, if you will, the original boat drink. Uh, so that's what I got going for me. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. You can find us on the website at com on Twitter at HT Heroes. We could be on Facebook. We might, may not be. We really don't know. Life is fluid. Let's get this party started. So the iron bowl happened.
1: It happened. It did indeed happen and for the second year in the row. Uh, did not matter. But there we were. Right. Uh, we played a slow start until it wasn't so slow anymore. Uh, Halftime went in with a three-point lead, but after that controlled the second half, uh, would led to a final score of 52-21, to 21, which, if you're counting, and we might be, is a cover. Uh, Gregory, any quick takeaways from the game? In fact, I do. Uh,
0: I believe we told you Auburn would stay in this game with trick plays and that is exactly what happened uh, until the second half when they didn't work anymore. Uh, after the block punt, they, un- they held a play most barn in a double pass that resulted in a touchdown later in the game. And another play most barn. Uh, they go for it on fourth down with some weird-ass formation and pass to the kicker. Uh, Sertain laid him out, and that was the end of the trickeration. And it was the end of Auburn. Uh... First half, Tua was sort of contained to, like, shortish, shortish passes. Uh, But second half adjustment played a key role. The first 30 minutes, Alabama had one play of 20 or more yards. In the next 15, it had three touchdowns of 30 or more. Um, In my opinion, Auburn gave up. Uh Gus wanted out of there. It was obvious in their clock management at the end of the first half, they had an opportunity to get the ball back with two minutes left. And a full slate of timeouts, and they basically ran the ball and did nothing. So that's my
1: takes. That part was hilarious. Good takes indeed. <laughs> uh, my my main takeaway from the game was four more years, Gus. At least four more years. Yeah. That, let's I'll take him however long they'll keep him. Let's talk about that for a second, because
0: this is developed. Um, apparently he, Gus is a cock. That's what he is. <laughs> because what he's agree- he had a 49 million dollar buyout and now he's agreeing to a lesser buyout to get to stay. I'm saying bite me. Uh either fire me and pay me my 49 mil or keep me in doubt. Uh why would I negotiate anything? You're holding all the cards.
1: Yeah, and of course the Barner Beat Writers who are mm, journalists only in the right. loosest sense of the definition. Uh, are saying that he's staying there because he really thinks he can win a national championship. I think he just, I mean, he's going to make multi-million dollars a year, regardless of what he decides, and why not just keep a job where everything's pretty cushy for a while? And apparently nobody cares if you only win eight games a season.
0: You got $49 million in your pocket. Go buy an island, son. Sit around and have some (laughs) Mount Gay and soda. What the hell? The,
1: The original boat drink.
0: Right, exactly. Go get yourself a <laughs> boat, some drinks, and an island, and live the life with forty-nine Listen. million dollars. Who the hell works where they don't have to?
1: Well, I think I think these guys do, and I hate—I strongly hesitate to lump Gus into these guys, but here we are. I will say, on as as long as we're sort of going down this rabbit hole, I have shrugged, long shrugged off, uh. Sort of any QB transfer rumors. There was Kelly Bryant who's in the mix and will probably go to Auburn. But now that Arizona's Khalil Tate, out to Tate, uh is right. also announcing a transfer, I do think Gus could get him another transfer QB and do big things. So
0: okay, okay, was, hold on. This this uh-oh. is bullshit. I'm going to stop you right now. And here's why. Oh, this is what Auburn does. Auburn loves a skill player. They want a quarterback. They want some run. They want a, a hot, a hot stud running back, and some fire-ass wide receivers. But they don't ever get anybody in the trenches. We talked about this either last week or two weeks ago. Uh, I guess it was two weeks ago that they don't, they don't recruit offensive line. They don't recruit D line. They just think they think they're Jerry Jones that they're going to get all the little star, you know, the 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 star, you know, the the people that are going to make the headlines. But I'm sorry, that doesn't win titles. You know, they won a uh, title when they had a, a generational player uh, under center. Uh, they're not going to get another one of those. I mean, I don't care who transfers into Auburn again. They're not getting another Cam Newton. Uh, nobody, Cam Newton's come around once in 100 years. Uh, so unless you recruit an O line and a D line, you're still going to roll in a nine and three every year.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. First off, how dare you disrespect. Noted racist Reese dismukes like that. I don't mean to disrespect <laughs> a racist. You know, I'm known to not disrespect
0: a racist. If you know, can't believe about.
1: you. Right? Secondly, <laughs> a hot take here, and I've never dropped this, but I would venture—I'm gonna—I'm gonna venture a hot take here—that on that 2010 Barner team, and what does this podcast come to that we're talking about this? I think Nick right. Fairley may have been as valuable. As he is. I won't say more valuable, I, 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 but I was, as valuable.
0: Right, because nobody could chop block like Nick, Nick Fairley. But That's they don't right. have That's another right. Nick Fairley. They don't recruit Nick Fairleys anymore. They recruit slubs and <clears throat> and and, and, and hotshot wide receivers.
1: Who never pan out. Who never pan out. Okay, Okay, we've talked enough about our second or third right. largest rival. But Gregory, there's a more important question. You've avoided it this entire time. But you are Too on tell. the ground, and I need to know. How was Dixieland Delight? <sighs> okay, it was weird. Um mm-hmm.
0: Okay, the folks in the stadium <laughs> were having none. Try not to die right here on this pod- podcast. I don't, we don't we're not insured. We're not insured here. Um <laughs> the folks were having none of the sterilized corporate version of Dixieland Delight. Hashtag resist. Um I heard they piped in the communist version in, in games past. But this time, there was some sort of weird white noise distortion coming across the PA, like they were trying to transfix us with devil noises so we wouldn't say fuck. But I can assure you, they were not successful. The F-words flew, and it was glorious. And that's probably the last time we'll ever hear that song. But the students and pretty much everybody else showed out.
1: Oh. Oh, I see what you did there. So, well, okay, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Gregory, who else showed out? Ah, Funny you should ask who showed Mm. out. Mm. Uh, You got to start
0: with Tua. Six touchdowns.
1: (laughs) I mean, you just got to start laughing, right? Amazing. Six
0: touchdowns, five through the air and one on the ground, which pretty much put to rest any concerns about the knee issue. Uh, He took off to the left. I ran that ball in, and he didn't give a damn about his knee, and neither did we. It was all good. He was 11 of 12 passing for 208 yards and four touchdowns in the second half, despite only playing one series in the fourth fourth quarter. Uh, Your sweet Hawaiian prince finished the game 25 of 32 for 324 yards, ran for 26. The second-half numbers were absurd. Uh, touchdowns of 46 yards to Jerry Judy, 33 to Josh Jacobs, 40 to Devontae Smith, 20 to Henry Ruggs III, any of which would be a Heisman moment for anybody else unless
1: you listen to Danny Connell and then it just didn't matter. Well, naturally, but who listens to Danny Connell? I'm going to submit for showing out our boy Jalen Hurts again. Uh, (sighs) Good call, good call. I know, potentially in his last time on the field for Alabama, I hope not. I hope he sees a, a solid fourth quarter in uh, the next three games we play, but hard to predict that. Uh, our boy, our boy Jalen, who worth noting, I would say, wonderful for the program. Just a stand-up guy.
0: Does Lovely so many houses nice in his
1: spare time. We know he does. I, I, he's a right. He's a frequent advocate of. Uh, of oh shit. Humanity, <laughs> homes for humanity. I'm not looking Humani- for
0: that. Did you say he's an advocate of humidity?
1: Yes, yes, okay. he is. Thank you.
0: Good for good for
1: that. All right. <laughs> dying, dying. Oh god. Dying. Uh, all right. Jalen <laughs> threw one pass for a touchdown. Two, one. Yari Udi. If I'm reading this Udy, right. Udi Udi Udi. Ooh, nice. That's original. Uh, 53 <laughs> yards on that one for a quarterback rating of, says here, over 800, which is what I had yeah. in my, my calculator, too. Just wanted to make sure, Gregory, to me, that's some solid showing out. And can we talk about, real quick, about how fast
0: Jerry Judy is? When I saw that pass <laughs> live, and I thought he was about to be forced out of bounds because the Barner defender definitely had an angle on him, uh, but nope. Uh, Judy engaged a brand-new gear and uh, got around the corner and made Barner look silly. Uh, and indeed, you are correct. That, my friend, is some
1: showing out. I'm telling you, I think he is on a new level. uh Regardless of who's throwing it to him, I think he may be the best Bama wide receiver we've ever seen. But Gregory, speaking oh, wait, of best on. in their position, hold on, hold on, hold
0: on, whoa, whoa, whoa! You just made a bold statement that ca- I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to ask you about. You're suggesting he's better than one Julio Jones. Or for that matter, one Joey one, one Joey, one Joey Jones.
1: Ooh, right, right. I you like know. that.
0: You don't, you don't, a, you don't often get a 5'8 eight uh, wide receiver out of UMS uh, that just lights up a field quite like Joey Jones did.
1: Well, if you ask anyway. some people, you get it every single year. Uh, I think, <laughs> I, I think duty may prove to be the best. It's a bold statement, but it I'm going to stand by it. I I okay. think you know Julio is huge. And incredibly gifted, but I think Judy is just a freak. I don't think that there's anything anyone else does that matches up quite as well with him across the board.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to say this. Uh, we're going to throw it out there to the listeners. Again, you can find Ooh. us on Twitter at H2Heroes. God, I am so good at this. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at H2Heroes. Weigh in. Who's your, who's the best Alabama wide receiver? Is it Jerry Judy? Is it Julio Jones? Or for that matter, is it? You know Joey Jones. Uh, give us your, give us your A, B, or C. Uh, get back to us. And let us know. Anyway, moving on. What else you got? Who else showed out?
1: All right. And I press record again. So we're just going to dive right into it. That long awkward silence you heard was our technology failing us, as it so often does. But thank you again, Gregory, for the plug online. And before we move on, there's one more notable. Show out star, I would say, and that is the wristwatch himself, our boy Joseph Bullivus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, perfect on the day. I won't say that I watched it with a lot of comfort, uh, but, but he had a, had himself an iron bowl. He, he actually did. He did. Um, all right. So that
0: brings us to the upcoming SEC championship game. And surely with that on deck, you've got some rat poison this week for listener Fred.
1: Gregory, have I ever let you or listener Fred down on the rat poison? Are you, This is, this is a question you're asking right right now. Like, that's of course. That's
0: like, uh, that's like a thing you're saying.
1: Listen, of course there's rat poison <laughs> because well, listener Charlie sent it in and I didn't have to do any work, which is the best part oh, of rat poison. That's, that's, ideal for you. But I think, I think there are two actually. We're going to have a double dose of rat poison because as you right, we'll... it is. A championship week number one was an article that appeared somewhere uh where they interviewed former alabama players and asked them how uh (laughs) the tide would do against nfl teams and i have to say this dose comes directly directly from the mouth of our boy ronnie harrison uh safety who started for the tide 2015 2017 now starting for the jaguars and he said we definitely win some games a lot of the time in the NFL. It comes down to who's more focused and who's ready to play that day. We've got the talent, but it would come down to coaching, being disciplined, and ready to play. At Alabama, with how Coach Saban runs the program, I feel like we'd run the table—14 oh and my. two, 15 and one, something crazy for real. And then here's the here's his little kicker. I swear I'm not even stunting. Real talk. No, I Ron, he's stunting. I'm He's sorry. maybe stunting.
0: All right. He's a Jaguar. First of all, they've lost what eight in a row.
1: They know nothing about running tables. That's fair.
0: Right. No, I don't, I don't think Ronnie's, the, Ronnie's the go to source on this game. All right. So, uh, what's, what's, uh, rat poison number two?
1: Well, number two is I just think this constant, uh, we're not going to acknowledge Danny Cannell's name unless we already acknowledged him in the first part of this we podcast, did. which is a little hazy, frankly. <laughs> but, uh, did we, did we have the conversation about? The loser of the SEC championship game getting into the playoffs? There's the question. Yeah.
0: I I think that's some solid rat poison with the talk that uh, win or lose, we're in. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I buy that because, I mean, well, I mean, I sort of buy it and I sort of don't because here's why. Um, They would have, they would come down to presumably if everybody wins out, us, if we lost, Oklahoma, Ohio State. And I'm sorry, Ohio State. Mm -mm. You just, I mean, you you cannot get blown out by Purdue. Mm -mm. And this is the same as last year. You know, Oklahoma may have a defective defense, but they win their games. They lost to Texas, but it was close and it was at Texas. Ohio State managed to get their ass blown out once a year. And I think that's a disqualifier for them. Oklahoma, again, defective with a defense. I think, you know, a loss to a top four team. Maybe we are in, maybe we're not but they may be sick of having two Southeastern Conference teams in that final. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I I mean, there's definitely loads of fatigue about SEC and specifically Alabama. I think my heart says we would still sneak in to the chagrin of literally 99% of the population. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I just, I think the record speaks for itself. I think the intrigue around Tua and sort of the dynasty's continuation is enough among the committee. I think the committee uh, would like Bama in there uh, against everyone else's better wishes. All right. Fair enough. That's some solid
0: rep poison. But All right. We have reached the point of the podcast that no one has been waiting for. That's right. It's Ask a Hero time. As always, come to H Two Heroes on Twitter. Ask us anything. Hashtag it. Ask a hero. And your boys will answer it no matter how stupid. You know the format. I ask. Mets answered, rapid fire. First up, listener Trill Gunderson wants to know, and I don't think that's his real name, um, Mm. is Notre, right, is Notre Dame good?
1: I'm going to answer this question with a question. Is Arby's good? Fair. Listener Marty Stokes wants to know, Kirby's
0: haircut, discuss.
1: Had no idea the Dumb and Dumber guys could coach a football team, but here we are.
0: Fair enough. Listener Zach asked, is there a worse tailgate spot than Atlanta during the SEC championship game?
1: Even in the games in Atlanta where I sat in ball-in boxes and had a hell of a time, I was still tailgating under an underpass somewhere, so I'm going to say no. Right. All right. I'm fair. I've got
0: some thoughts on this. Yeah, I want to hear you.
1: Let's do it. Do it. Well, okay. All right.
0: Because you know what thoughts in Atlanta generally as a town, it sucks. Um, As a sports town, it sucks harder. As a tailgate town, it is the absolute worst. Even when, like, usually, like, three bars in Tuscaloosa, uh, Copper Top and two others, and I can't remember exactly what they are, get together and do a joint tailgate deal, it still sucks. So I uh, am going to have to go with you and with listener Zach on the matter and agree it is the absolute worst. And finally... Uh, Hall of Fame listener Charlie Pond has a question. But first, I do have to apologize to listener Charlie for not returning his text on Saturday, but my phone died. Anyway, listener Charlie demands answers regarding Tate's takes and where are they?
1: I never answered Charlie's text. Uh, I asked Tate how he was feeling <laughs> about some games this weekend, and he responded, "Oh mice."
0: Okay. Okay. Well, that feels mm-hmm. good. Okay, feels good with that. All right. Uh, let's pivot. To the game at hand, you're tied in the SEC championship game, opened at a 10 and a half point favorite. The money moved the line to 13 points in two hours. But betters don't play the game because look at us Um anyway. So tell the listener what he needs to know about these Georgia Bulldogs.
1: Yes. OK, Fred, listen up. Uh, This Georgia defense is one of the best in the country, despite losing Roquan Smith and some other huge names uh from last year's. This year's squad is giving up. <coughs> Ooh, the hacking is back. Uh, Sixteen point right. eight points per contest. Uh, the standout on this side of the ball is a lockdown cornerback by the name of DeAndre Baker. He's a Jim Thorpe Award finalist and rarely gets beat. So it'll be interesting to see. I suppose he'll be dedicated to Judy maybe the whole game, but that, yeah, I'm that guessing, doesn't yeah. Uh, that doesn't solve all their problems. Anyhow, on the other side, uh, they've got one quarterback, Jake. From State, from, uh, who mm-hmm. on the season has 20 TDs, five interceptions. Gregory, five seems like a lot more than I've seen all season. Couldn't be me. Don't know anything about five. I w- would never put up with it. Uh, no. On the ground, <laughs> you know, they, again, lost a lot of talent in the last couple of years. Uh, but they now have a tandem of DeAndre Smith and Elijah Holyfield, he of the boxing name. Uh Bulldogs right. will have to do their best I think to grind down Alabama's rushing defense. It's uh much easier said than done. Particularly by the way, we haven't talked about this. If uh our guy uh Terrell Terrell help me I'm might not, be back. I, can't, I got right. Okay, Terrell could be back. Cool, cool, cool. Could be cool. Uh the key <laughs> to the game of Georgia uh is to keep things close at halftime and then I think try to pound the rock in the second half control the clock, and hopefully get the big plays they need. I mean, we've seen multiple times this season, and particularly this month, uh, you're tied go to halftime where the game is not a blowout and quickly come out in the second half and make it a blowout. Uh, so it seems it's just a matter of time before they'll impose, we'll impose our will on any given opponent.
0: I agree with that. I tend to think they had to live or die by Jake Fromm much the way I live or die by Jake Fromm's mom. You should Google that. Just seriously Google that. Um He's going to need a Steven Garcia 2010 game for Georgia State, I think. Uh, Stats-wise, even with DeAndre Baker, they're still not in the top 50 in the country in pass defense. Uh So let's say Baker neutralizes Jerry Judy. That still leaves a wealth of touchdown catchers still available. But I got a wild card for you. Are you there for it? I'm ready. I'm ready. i really right. Uh, all right. Well, his name uh, is Justin Fields. Uh, seriously? You're just going to cut out on me? Uh, his name is Justin Fields. Much like Tua. Came out of nowhere last year. Um, if Jake Fromm flounders, Kirby could insert the number one rated quarterback in the recruiting class of 2018. He's been used sparingly all year. 25 pass attempts all season. Hasn't thrown the ball in over a month. His workload... Has been largely contained to third down, short yardage, running situations. But who knows? Georgia absolutely has to win this game to stay in the hunt. And the 6'3", 230-pound dual threat is every bit, or could be, the every bit, the electric game-changing talent that Tua is. So it wouldn't be shocking to see Georgia turn the ball over to him if their offense starts to sputter.
1: Uh, The Shakespearean drama that would be. If oh. Kirby turned to an untested freshman quarterback late in the national championship game against Alabama or the SEC. Never heard of that. You Never heard of that. No, Never no. That. I should also just say that the reason I had you on mute is because I'm literally recording this podcast from the center of Central Park, not far from Strawberry Fields. There are helicopters. There are horses. There's a random bell. <laughs> so I'm trying to make this... Uh, Horrific listening experience, you know, even just the slightest bit less horrific. Uh, Gregory, another thing I think to look for is, uh, is going to be kickoff and punt returns for your tide with Judy and our boy Waddle Baby back there. Uh, they've got to be getting tired of fair catches. UGA has relied all year on touchbacks because their kick coverage is trash. And so, um, could be, could be an opportunity for the tide there. Also sex. Dogs just don't have many, and woe no. is the defense that gives to a time. Uh, pressure has proven to be the only way to kind of neutralize him to the extent you can, and Georgia just hasn't done much of that all year.
0: All right. Um, fair enough. Um, okay, enough with this analysis stuff that we're horrible at. Let's get to the pick, which we're absolutely worse at. We said your tide is now a 13-point favorite of these dogs. It's a 4 o'clock Georgia time kick. If you're bad at time zones, which I certainly am, that's three in Alabama and Nashville, two in Santa Fe, and probably 9 a.m. for Mr. Justin over on the left coast. Who you hating, pal?
1: Nice. Uh, all right. Let's think this through. I don't think we're going to see the first half team that we saw in these earlier November games. As mentioned, we've gone into halftime way too close for comfort against far superior talent and, and teams that are not nearly on the level Georgia is. Uh, But that said, we didn't really see that at all in LSU. We maybe took a quarter and by, (coughs) excuse me, by halftime, uh, we're, we're rolling steadily. I think it may be similar, uh, especially I, I'm really amped up on this Terrell Lewis, so amped up that I remember his name now, um, on his return. Now Sabin is denying that in press conferences, maybe his own rat poison, as he's been wanting Mm -hmm. to do. Uh, I think if we see Terrell Lewis, their offense is going to be just hopeless. I don't think, uh, they have the weaponry to hold up against what we'll be putting out there. Uh, and I think, I think Tua's gotta be Tua. Uh, I, I tweeted the listener, Fred, he saw it, uh, that I missed old Tua in the first half of the iron Bowl and then saw old Tua in the second half. I think we get at least three quarters of old Tua. All that to me, uh, Seems to paint the picture of a pretty—I don't want to say easy, but but a convincing, solid Tide dub. You know, the line is thirteen. I think that's probably really close. So let's go Tide sixty-nine Georgia nothing. <laughs> fair, fair. That's a that's a bold that's a bold pick, and and a, out Thank of you. character for you. Thank you. Uh
0: sticking sticking with the trend and hating the tide. I think 13 is too many again. Even though the Tide has done what only an 1,800 Yale team did in beating everybody by 20 points, there will still be a pro UGA crowd and Kirby's building a monster. Uh, this is probably the last year Kirby's team will be an underdog to anybody. Uh, I think they'll come into next year as the preseason favorite to win it all, in my opinion. Uh, I was, was something on Twitter earlier saying, you know, how many – Somebody asked, uh, you know, a, a scout was like, how many Alabama players should I be looking at, uh, that are draft eligible? And whoever he asked said the number is 17 players. So Ooh. we potentially lose 17 people next year. Uh, so, uh, if you're going to get Georgia, this is the year to do it. Uh, I do think the tide pulls it out, uh, but they don't cover the 13. Your tide wins 40 points to 30 points and that'll do it. For this week's edition of Houndstooth Heroes, again, we're on the website at houndstoothheroes.com. On Twitter at h 2 thank you to Bo and Elliot and everybody at Druid City Brewing Company for keeping us in tasty sods and delicious smoked meats. They'll have the game on Saturday, so if you're in Tuscaloosa, be sure and drop in for a cold one. Take us home, Betsy.
1: All right, I'm not going to try to figure out, yay Alabama here in Central Park, but Gregory, I love you. Y'all be good. Love roll you. tide, Roll Tide. Okay. Okay. All right. So we're good. Who knows? Maybe. (laughs) What the fuck
0: was going on, dude?